Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Politics in the Pulpit, a lectionary-based preaching resource designed to ask the provocative question of whether, and if so how, politics should appear in our preaching this week. My name is Lee Battle and I'm the new host uh, for this series. I've just taken over from the wonderful Jenny Mills and I am a minister here in Cardiff in a place called Pontprenai Community Church, uh, which is a five-way ecumenical setting and uh, it's really wonderful to be here. Each week I am joined by a guest from a different place and space on the pulpit and political landscape. And so today I am so pleased to introduce Reverend Dr. Craig Millward. Craig is a Baptist minister, an educator, a political lobbyist and author. He lives in South Yorkshire and is about to embark on a new venture with friends Roy Searle and Kate Pozzo. Northumbria Collective aims to help Christians to listen well, to think deeply and live authentically in a world that is often interested in Jesus when he isn't mentioned in the same conversation as church which just sounds so fascinating. So Craig, thank you so, so much for being with us today. So politics in the pulpit, I wonder what that means for you. Could you tell us a bit about yourself and whether or not you see yourself as a pulpit politician? Okay, yeah, I mean, politics is about people, isn't it? And you know, whatever we think we're actually doing when we stand in front of people, talking to them, preaching to them, whatever else. We, what we're hoping to do is to achieve some kind of human engagement. Um, so politics, you can't help but do politics. Unfortunately, you know, we we use the word and we think of party politics and we think of all that's going on and, and at the moment, but all that's going on around the world as well. And uh, I guess we just throw up our hands and we think, well, how can we get engaged with that? But at its basic level, it's about people. So I don't think you can help but be poli- political in a sense yeah whereas pulpit just makes me sad Uh, it really does to me it's a symbol that's so unhelpful in lots of different ways I mean it's you're normally standing above people uh you're normally speaking down to them uh because I'm trained and they're not maybe uh at least certainly in the same way I am that means that I know and they don't it means that I'm active and they're passive it means that I'm teaching and are they learning I don't know uh because is if facts help people grow, we'd be the, the wisest people on the planet. But absolutely, you know, yeah. it happen. But primarily, I mean, the biggest thing for me is that we've, you know, the, 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 we've we've modelled our understanding of what it means to be a Christian and to be a Christian, um, um, to be professional Christians, on an Old Testament system where you know there back then there was temple and synagogue. The temple is a, was a kind of just it was a one off place. It was a place that people went to maybe a few times in their lives if they didn't live around the corner from it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas synagogue was somewhere, somewhere you, they went to every week and synagogue was a family home. Yeah. Uh, not led by a politician. Uh, and it was about where you did life. It was about where you apprenticed. It was about where you where where real life happened and you gathered around a meal table. And just like Jesus did with his disciples, you know, at the, the, the Last Supper, whereas we've turned it into an event. And we've turned so much into a into a temple event 
yeah. uh, where professionals do their thing and where everybody else just gawps. And I just think, yeah, change happens in a synagogue setting. Yeah, life happens in a synagogue setting. Mm. And I, you know, I've been a church minister for a long time. I'm not currently serving a church, and I don't particularly want to go back to doing it, uh, be, simply because. Uh, the the model that we've inherited just simply isn't helpful I know I know it's been deconstructed in lots of places and we're in yeah. process of doing that and certainly I was where I was but so for me the the that 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 pulpit idea is still quite a negative thing yeah yeah I agree I I think uh pulpits are something very historical and that kind of 10 feet above contradiction idea that you get with it it's above and not with people um yeah I understand that so from your context then Craig what would you want to what would you want us to hear as key justice issues or political events so each week I ask my JPIC colleagues for a little roundup of their expertise Um, about the issues going on in the world around us at the moment. And so they uh, have mentioned this week, obviously, we're about to hear uh, about a new prime minister in the UK, uh, I think half past 12 uh, today. And so we we will have both a new Conservative Party leader and a prime minister uh, coming in. So that's definitely something that is, uh, I think, in all of our minds um, and I think more so because of the energy crisis, the fact that this prime minister is going to step into uh, a real storm and have to be acted very quickly uh, to avert this huge crisis that feels like it's looming in this country. Um, we also have the ongoing war in Ukraine in the background. Uh, the devastating floods in Pakistan, which have affected so far around 33 million people with over uh, a thousand dead with that that number expecting to rise. Uh, We've had overnight the violence in Canada, the sporadic stabbings, um, and, and so much of the world seems to feel like it's in flux. So what would you pull out as the key issues from your place and space that you would like our uh, listeners or readers to hear about today? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I, I wake up to the, the Today programme every morning and I, I quite often I get to the point where I think I wish I hadn't done that because the news <laughs> tends to be quite bad. But then I also have to remind myself, and this is the first, I guess, the first thing that I have to keep drawing myself back to, that just because the news outlets think that that's the news, actually, the biggest piece of news is that most people, most of the time, are reaching out in small ways and want to have a positive influence in the world. Yeah. And I have to, I just have to remind myself of that. So I'm not intending to contradict you in any way, in any way but I just think in order to remain sane sometimes, yeah. in an utterly crazy world, but also in the world where the media is telling us that news is always bad. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, yes, we do need to stand, sit up and, 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 and look. And I think that's, I know we haven't come to the passages yet, but I think that's, that's why the Jeremiah passage is just, just, just so incredibly powerful. Hmm. Um, I mean, perhaps I will skip ahead to the Jeremiah passage as a way of 
you know, answering or reflecting on, on, on that question. Um, yeah, I think um, <clears throat> it's also important to mention that we are in, especially coming into the Jeremiah text, uh, we are in the uh, season of creation now, where as uh, churches, mm. as Christians, we think about God's creation, how we take care of it, are we not taking care of it, which is, again, such a newsworthy thing at the moment. Um, and also this week is... Uh, Education Sunday. So uh, with our metaphorical newspapers open in one hand, um, let's open our Bibles. So uh, as you've said, Craig, you would like to start or it feels more natural to start with the passage from uh, Jeremiah this week. So do you want to take us through your thoughts for that? Yeah, and and then then we, I can go back to you know, reflecting on the that question, the earlier question you just asked me. But yeah, I, I I read that Jeremiah passage, and and it could have been written about today, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really a passage. Um, it's about echoes of climate change in there. There's there's, there's war. There's there's all sorts of now. Those who don't perhaps believe for whatever reason that there is a larger pattern to it, or that there is even a. Um, a perhaps the existence of a loving God somewhere in the mix. Uh, I, I, I don't know how they could almost live with that. You know, I, I had a massive storm. I don't know about you over, overnight. And I actually got up and I looked out of the window and, and, and the crashes and the bangs. And, and the first thing that went to my mind, I just thought to myself, I can, I know exactly why those in primitive times believed the gods were angry with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I think something similar is happening. You know, if, if you haven't got any kind of anchor, Something similar must be happening in so many places. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a volunteer at a national trust house, and we had a we had an elderly couple of uh, who were Ukrainians who who had spent two months. Uh, they were disabled elderly couple who'd spent two months in their uh, in their cellars in Butcher, who are now with their with with their daughter here in the South Yorkshire, and as they're walking through the room, and I I I I, knew, I, I discovered their story. Again, I was trying to take myself back to that and imagine what it was like to live in that kind of circumstance for you know for two months in a cellar with no light and no power and no, yeah. no food, no heat um i just couldn't imagine it whereas you know we we have an opportunity to ask a different question because mm. we believe that there is actually a god who is able to speak to us and has a has a message to speak and so the jeremiah passage you know it's got the echoes of climate change and war but we maybe ask a different question yeah we should ask a different question but it's in, first of all it's incredibly difficult to ask that difficult question because we're just as invested in the world as 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 our neighbors and our friends yeah but you know that passage uh, in jeremiah is is just quite remarkable and what I what I do um, as I as I, I I've got this framework of, of of many frameworks for understanding the Old Testament, but mm. one of the frameworks through which I understand the Old Testament is that if you go through it chronologically, you know, however you understand the Old Testament and and how it was written and everything else, if you go through it chronologically, it begins with a patriarch. Yeah. It begins with someone who knows who walks with God, mm. and a series of patriarchs actually. But think of Abraham is probably the preeminent one, and and all the tests that you know that his God took him through, and uh, yeah. and he he got to know his God through those tests. And of yeah. course, patriarchs give way to judges, and judges they've got the, they've got the the written text, but they yeah. don't know God in the same way. Then you've got kings <clears throat> who are more interested in 
Well, of course, you've got that famous passage at that verse at the end of Judges, you know, where God allows them to have kings, but said, warns them of the con of the consequences. Yeah. The kings rule nations rather than on behalf of God, rather than refer to God. And then once the kings, uh, they, 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 you've got you've got uh, more and more bad kings uh, and, and good kings depart into the into the past. Then God has to uh, resort to prophets. And yeah. of course, prophets, prophets are distanced. And so what you've got there is this growing sense of distance. Yeah. Yeah. Patriarch, judge, king, prophet. And then, of course, Jesus takes that over with his denunciation of national, nationalistic religion. But we can come on to that. Yeah. And, and there's that verse in there which is my people are fools. Yeah. <laughs> the Jeremiah passage is it's addressed to God's people in the midst yeah. of chaos. Yeah. And that's how I think how we should understand that or how we should use, uh, reach out to that passage, take comfort from that passage. Yeah. God hasn't give hasn't stopped speaking to us, even though what he says isn't necessarily going to be comfortable. No. Um, because no, exactly. Whole, this conversation. Thing, yeah. The whole thing about Old Testament prophets, it's kind of it's I will woo you, I'll warn you, I'll I'll, I'll call you, and then I'll declare the consequences if you don't listen. Yeah. I just yeah. kind of feel that maybe we're in a season of not that we've made all the choices, but a season of consequence. But that passage still speaks to us. Yeah, very uh, much so. So the two questions that, that come out of that for me are, how do I understand the state of Christian orthodoxy in Russia? Um, you know, I don't understand. I understand historically I understand orthodoxy. I've done a you know, PhD in church history and, and theology. So okay. I kind of understand it, but I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah. And yeah. I ask myself, where are the prophets speaking into that? Yeah. Yeah, um, very much so. And, and the context of the Jeremiah passage is literally just before uh, they are captured, Jerusalem is captured by Nebuchadnezzar. So mm -hmm. it really does feel like, like you said, that it, it's this kind of last ditch now. You, mm -hmm. you've, had the, you've had this, you've had that, you've had this, I'm talking to you now, and this is right now before the consequence of this, of you not listening, of this, and this is what's gonna happen. Um, and the conversation between um, Jeremiah and God is just, it's, as soon as I read it for this week, it's just haunting, isn't it? About just where we are now and, and how this could be spoken right into our situations. But like you say, on many levels, both on the climate level, on how we listen, how we share, uh, what's going on across the world um, and this sense of um, I, I, I heard a phrase uh, by Carl Holiday like decreation is like the undoing of God's creation and and that really stuck with me this week in is this not where we're at now have mm. we not undone God's creation and, and have we ticked it now so far to a point that that we can't do anything about this now? Or is this now this call for unity and collective action in a way that I think we've been overprivileged enough not to have to deal with before? We've been so, uh, especially in Western Christianity, so individualistic with our Christianity um, that that we've kind of like like we've gone off and believed our own ways of doing things and and we've gone away from hearing each other 
um, and and actually mm. being forced to 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 act in a way um, that is more unified and more collective, uh, and that I find both haunting and hopeful. Yes, absolutely. I mean, because you know, we must always hold on to hope. Yes. Things, things may not end up being the same. I, don't, I think a lot of things are going to be changing. Lots of things are in flux currently. Um, but, you know, that, that the, the Russia is the kind of one side of it, if you like, that I reflect on from Genesis, but sorry, from Jeremiah. But yeah. then there's, there's also this, uh, see how the nations are still, we're still ignoring the scientific prophets of our age. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 they they I mean because the scientific prophets are are reading the book of creation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you don't this kind of idea that, that 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 somehow science and religion is I know scientists and religious people are often at odds, but science and religion aren't necessarily at odds. No. The people scientists are reading the book of you know, the, the 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 book of science and and are telling us things that they see. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, there's this that where are the prophets in that age? Well, well but, but it feels like there are there are enough of them out there, but we aren't listening. Yeah. Uh, and we don't listen because we think we know better. Or because, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Because at least it's working. Those who don't listen tends to be, tend to be the powerful people who could change things. And the powerful people currently who could change things are feel that they're still doing quite well with things as they are. Yeah. And so there's no motivation to change. And, and that is why change doesn't happen. And uh, I then asked myself, you know, where where are Christians in this mix? Yeah, this is where those other two passages begin to to come to uh, come come to the fore. But perhaps before we, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very aware that I, I I I brought Jeremiah in quite early in the conversation, so I don't feel like I I have to bring those other two passages in right now. We can perhaps dig a bit more deeply into the political themes if you want. Um, yeah, absolutely. Or I'm very happy to to move on and 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 reflect back as as you want to do, Craig. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, perhaps more broadly, um, uh, um, where politics is right now. Um, and yeah. I'm aware that I'm, I'm kind of sharing my views, and I'm not trying to proselytize or, or 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 convince anybody they have to be the same as me. But you know, I've uh, my my a question in 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 your in your list of questions is kind of you know what's um, what unique take do I have on justice related sort of situations? And, yeah. you know, I do have experience, uh, as you read at the beginning, uh, working with politicians, both in the EU Parliament or mostly in the, the European Parliament, but also occasionally in the UK Parliament. And, and so I, I, I kind of am a little bit aware of where the way politics works. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, I'm personally, I've been I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll all have different positions on the, what this last couple of years have been like. But, you know, I, I found myself just getting increasingly angry at the state of UK politics. Yeah. And whenever I remind myself of my interaction with individual politicians, I remember that so many of them are good, decent, honest people. Mm. Um, and on, unfortunately, it's the ones that make the headlines that very often are the ones that aren't. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I've met I've met dozens and dozens of very good politicians who are really trying to do the right thing now they might they we might disagree on on the basics on on on, on what what is what the right thing is mm. but nevertheless you know the majority so again i have to remind myself of that when i yeah. when i get angry when i find myself getting angry uh that actually most politicians are good decent honest people um yeah. but I, I i i i'm hoping that's 
once we get through some of the chaos, and if we do get through some of the chaos, who knows? Um, that you know, we've I feel like we've we've missed a crucial opportunity, which was presented to us by the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I, personally, if I was if I'd been prime minister at that time, uh, I think I would have I would have called together the big beasts, irrespective yeah. of their political labels, called them together. Um, uh, people who have been used in the past, like, I mean, like, I don't know, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, people like that, irrespective of the labels, people yeah. who know how to pull levers and get things done, draw yeah. them together, put them in charge of sorting out the pandemic so the government can get on with the leading the country. But of course, that yeah. didn't happen. And of course, it's I can understand all the reasons why it didn't. But uh, that was an ideal opportunity to, you know, to mobilize local councils, voluntary organizations, school faith groups and, and whatever. And, and so that we all come together. But just because we missed that moment, I think that is still part of the solution. Mm. And so I sort of hope and pray that that um, that we don't find ourselves as a nation. But I mean, wider than a nation as a single nation, that we don't find ourselves letting politicians do the politics. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, it very much does feel like, you know, with the pandemic, it kind of it, underneath that was this sense of um, a kind of new hope, a new way of of doing and of being. Um, and and like you say, that just seems to have dissolved. And, and actually, somehow we feel more, um, I think, politically kind of done to rather than actually being a part of it. Um, and I think today, as we sit here, we'll find out later who the new prime minister is going to be. Um, uh, and again, do, do we dare to hope in this that um, with everything that's going on, with all the challenges that are, are, are coming our way, that this might be something that unites us rather than is something so that splits us again down into even more kind of small fragments and pockets of, of people who uh, weren't struggling, but now are struggling and, and, and bigger and better labels that keep people in places rather than bringing us together as a nation and going, this is tough, uh, you yes. know, how do we actually get through this and and uh, yeah how do we learn our lessons how do we create new ones for the future I I think there are two I mean it could become clear already I'm I'm politically I'm not a I'm not a big C conservative by any means yeah yeah um, but I, I I listening to the news today listening to the news this morning uh, and also the reading over the last couple of days um I I do there, for me, there are two signs of hope, mm. uh, and I, 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 uh, one of them being that it, Boris, Boris's cabinet were made up of friends and those who wouldn't stab him in the back. Yeah, and in my opinion, <laughs> they were all lightweights. Um, it appears that Liz Truss is not going to do that, and I'm hoping the other thing she, of course, of course, that what that enables is a more presidential style of leadership, where everything all became about Boris and how he made the right decisions and. I mean, cabinet government isn't supposed to be like that. No, it doesn't need to be like that. But it is like that if you if you just surround yourself with weak people. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's going to change. 
Um, but also, it seems to me that uh, everybody's saying that Liz Truss is a more of a conviction politician. Uh, now, I will probably disagree with most of the things that that she's convicted by. But nevertheless, we may end up or hope we end up with a discussion based more on values and and principles than on personality and and boosterism and, and all of that. And because I think that's what our nation needs more than anything else is a is a series of big discussions. And yeah. because of the way in which we seesaw between, you know, between um, left and right in our, you know, in, in, well, we more recently we haven't, but historically, you know, we have, and 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 um, historically, uh, we 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 get politicians who tell us things that we instinctively don't believe, uh, and then they get attacked by the media, and then are in the find themselves in a defensive position, and 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 it becomes impossible for us to have. A national conversation because it's all attack defense attack defense all yeah. the time both ways both ways and of course that happens as trust breaks down happens in any relationship doesn't it if you mm -hmm. lose trust in somebody you, you tend to it, it's harder and harder to actually listen to them and believe them yeah. we have a media that's attacking the government an attack a government that's defending itself and and hiding itself and and isn't honest about Whereas other countries, and it tends to be those that do have uh, coalitions or forced to have coalitions, they there have been various times when they've had big national conversations about things. Yeah. So Germany, for example, I mean, it was a number of years ago now, they they for example they 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 agreed that their health service was falling apart. So rather than you know rather than a particular political group say, well, this is the what these are the answers we're going to do this. Uh, and then have them reverse when a new party comes in. They stay initiated a national conversation. Mm. So we all know it's broken. Yeah. Let's commit ourselves to a process which yeah. political parties, as long as you don't get the crazy ones coming in, that political parties will commit themselves to continuing for the next generation. Yeah. They do that because they're forced into coalition. They're forced to talk to each other. They're forced yeah. to listen to each other. They're forced to agree, yes, some of the things you said are right. You know, for I long for Liz Trust to stand up today or tomorrow and say, you know what, the Labour Party had it right on 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 climate, you know, on 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 climate change. Yeah, I'm sorry, on uh, on 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 cost of living. Uh, they've and we're going to do what they suggested, but was it'll ever happen? It won't <laughs> happen. It'll be presented as something slightly different, and it'll be a conservative idea. But why do we always have to live like that? But you see, the, the reason I the reason that I, I I go on at length is because they are all kingdom values. Yes, they're what we believe as Christians. That 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 they're what they're, they're the way we believe the kingdom should. This kingdom will come. They're all kingdom values. Yeah, and I find myself saying, "Where is the church in this?" Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. Is yeah. the church? Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not shouting because what, you know we what are the kingdom values? You know. We, yes. And we again, the pandemic was an incredible opportunity for those in church leadership. I honestly believe I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I honestly believe that if some of the some of the national characters had gone, for example, one gone to the BBC and say, let's let me help you. Know, let us have a conversation about about what it what it really means to take care yeah. of your neighbor, reach out to your neighbor, heal communities in the middle of pandemic. Yeah, that could have been you know, there could have been a series of discussions on that. Yeah, but no, yeah. The, the church is more interested in, well, more fearful about whether what what, what the finances are going to be after the pandemic, and you know, looking at ourselves and arguing. But these are all kingdom values that we could have, we can be offering. Yeah, to, you know. But can you see any of these kingdom values in any of the other readings today? 
Well, what I see in the other other readings is pretty much kind of what what what, what I've been uh, been reflect been reflecting on because you've got um uh, we've 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 touched the Jeremiah passage. Yeah. Of course, the Luke fifteen passage is an amazing one. Yes, um, it is. But of course, unfortunately, it is a text that tends to preach itself in many churches, and 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 I'm not sure we've always got it right. Yeah. You know, often it's preached as a you're lost, we're the found ones, come and join us and God's going to be happy sort of idea, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you know, as if there's only one repentance that's important, there's one that gets you over the line uh, and then everything Jesus did for you is counted for you and God's happy. Whereas, you know, those of us who know our theology uh, know that that simply isn't true. Repentance is, salvation isn't an event, it's a process. Repentance is a saying yes to God followed by a yes and a yes and a yes and a yes. Yeah. Uh, it's something that becomes a habit. Uh, you know, it's not just turning around once; it's turning and then walking in that direction. And so, yeah. But our traditions have made it very easy to be converted, and it makes it very difficult to disciple. Mm. And so, the Luke fifteen passage, of course, the chapter divisions in in our Bibles are quite new additions. So Luke intends us to understand that. Jesus has just called on the Pharisees or just upset the Pharisees, yeah. the religious people. He's just given a great banquet for the poor instead of the privileged. And he's just taught about the cost of discipleship. And it goes straight into the, the lost coin, the lost sheep and the prodigal and the parable of the prodigal. So Luke 15 is clear to me. It's not about those outside our churches who were lost. It's a call to those who think they are in and and a, uh, um, um simply saying no you're out actually unless you're actually doing living the life that you're being called to live one step at a time mm. and so it echoes jeremiah where jeremiah says it's all about my people the luke passage is my people don't know me they don't know who i am mm. and of course those two parables the two parables of, 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 of the lectionary reading for this weekend are followed by this for the the great prodigal son which is exactly mm. the same churches tend to focus on the lost son yeah. Whereas actually the primary focus, because if because of the Luke 14 that it follows, the primary Jesus primary focus isn't on the lost son at all. It's on the one who stayed at home, the one who yeah. doesn't know his father. Hmm. And so again, it's a call to live kingdom lifestyle. It's yeah. a call to represent this God that we say we know. Uh, and 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 you know, um, and then of course that's underlined by the one Timothy passage. <laughs> the, these are all of a theme for me. The insurance policy. <laughs> well, yeah, but the one Timothy passage is amazing because it's it's kind of it's, it's Paul who is the Pharisee of the Pharisees, the one who had all the badges, who ticked all the boxes, saying that actually, you know what? Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And you go, this is the one that knew the law. This is the one who was a Pharisee, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so it's all it, it, that that is just so intrinsically linked yeah. to, to to the Luke passage as it should be understood. And again, yeah, and I think it's a call to God's people to start to to recognize the, the benefits of 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 this this relationship that we've been called into. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, kind of certainly with the lost sheep and stuff, you know, we've we've attached labels to the to the mm -hmm. lost sheep and, and, and added that in. But then if you think about it in kind of um, in kingdom terms, you know, one out of 100, one percent. Um, how willing we've become to let as as churches as Christians let that one percent go rather than fight for them 
you know, certainly I think of, my, you know, myself as uh, somebody who's disabled, part of the LGBTQI community, and how churches have so readily gone, that 1% is a bit difficult, we'll keep the 99 and we'll, we'll kind of, we'll not fight for you, we're not going to bring you back over our shoulders, we're not going to shout for joy, if this was a mathematical equation, so what? We've, you know, that one percent of skimmed is gone, and 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 actually, we don't put that effort in to 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 make that um, to help that one percent come in, and we're going to be challenged, I think, more and more over the next few months as churches, as to actually how we how we do the kingdom of God in real life now as people are going to be struggling in 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 more obvious ways than 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 they have before i think the pandemic cracked this open and and now we're going to see part of this uh, and we have to be the kingdom but it, it it's a, it's amazing when we think about it sometimes how far away we've got from that um and and how ready we are to kind of um cut and shut people out that they're too difficult a group of people um yeah so let, let me I, I i agree with you i completely agree with you let me let me just give you let me just give you another angle on that yeah sure because uh, something that's jumped out at me um you know if i was to be i, I don't preach very much these days uh, mm. very rarely do i these days uh because i'm much more involved in politics than, than yeah. I, if you like in churches um but I, if I was preaching on the Sunday, I would actually be tempted to preach the Jeremiah text. Because there is, uh, we talked about this resonant imagery, of course, it's all in there. Yeah. And we know it's written for a specific era and addresses the failings of God's people right then. And all of that, we can't, we can't bring all. But the reason why is because I actually know a little, well, a little over a long period about Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, all that region. I've been into that region a number of times. I've taught there, I've done stuff there. I've met lots of people there. And so what jumped out at me was, was actually an understanding of the people who we are would now be tempted to write off yeah. in a similar way to the way that you've just, you know, you've just, it was you that triggered this, this thought in my mind. Yeah. Um, because, you know, over there, life is simpler. It's more traditional. And actually, mm -hmm. people are, are less well-educated very often. Uh, I can remember an old guy that I stayed with in one of those great big, uh, you know, those great big identical 15-story uh, blocks that they have all over the big cities, over over in the, in, in, in the Russian cities. And uh, he brought out his atlas uh, to try to get me. I didn't speak much Russian. He didn't speak any English, obviously. He tried right. to get a point to him where I came from. And it was a rush. It was an atlas of Russia with grey around the edges. Okay. So that was the only atlas that it was a Soviet era atlas, but that was the only thing he had. So I had to try and help him to understand that I lived in the grey and there's more beyond. Yeah. yeah. And he was really struggling because yeah. he. Uh, so life is much like life is 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 much simpler. And of course, the war, uh, the Second World War has long historic and cultural roots and the way in which the, 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 that land was devastated many times by mm -hmm. right and left. And, 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 and the reason I preach it, uh, the, the lens through which I preach it is because 
We think in terms of opposing labels, black, white, us and them, and that's why we don't go after what the one. And we don't go after the one because we're afraid often to change our minds. Mm. We have what we have. Yeah. But think in terms again of kingdom labels, and and, and let's just uh, let's let let let's just use Acts two as the way of trying to understand the things that we don't understand. So Acts two, you've got that that bit in Acts two where. The, the spirit comes and it's quite clear that we're meant to understand that the coming of God brings a sharing. You know, I think I think what happens there is that uh, the, 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 the immediate presence of God or however we understand that passage. I think we we become more less fearful of 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 um, of, of running out ourselves. So therefore, you, you find the church sharing, you know, the, those who had a lot shared with those who didn't have any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rejoicing. There was there was the, the, the leveling of everything. There was joy. There was all of that. And 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 that to me is is one of the passages which defines authentic Christian living in community uh, where you know, none of it, none of them considered anything to be his own, but shared with each other. Now, I remember a time when I was doing some teaching in Russia. And I'd been invited, invited to go and do it by a group of Americans. Yeah. So there's a group of Americans, there were some Russians, there was my Russian translators, and we were sitting around a table. And I I said, I, I brought up a passage, this the Acts passage, and I said to them, I said, you know what? Acts, the Acts passage to me looks a little bit like what the communist ideal was. Okay. And of course the Russians got it instantly. Now, of course, they weren't they weren't naive. They, they were they were Christians. They were they were um, and we're not talking about Orthodox Christians. They were Christian. They were evangelical Christians. Yeah. Uh, evangelical over there meant something, something very different to the way it means over here. Uh, so they were they were people who, who were serious about scripture. Yeah. And also not naive about their own history. But yes, they saw the link and they said, yes, there were good things about communism. There were good things we were forced to, well, we didn't force to share, we did share. And yeah. of course, all my experience of Russia is that people are still so incredibly generous, certainly Christians mm. there, with the little that they've got. And, and, and then the Americans around the table, I could see them getting incredibly offended because of course they come with their anti-communist stuff yeah, yeah, them, and they simply didn't get it. And they became angry, they became defensive, and they couldn't see the link between Acts 2 and at least what communists were attempting to become, yeah, yeah. albeit very badly and corruptly. Mm. And, and that, to me, was a, became a symbol of how closed we can be, but also how much, con how much converting we need to the yeah. values of the kingdom of God, yeah. how blind we can be. Whilst we don't we don't realize we don't realize sometimes how blind I don't realize how blind I am. Yeah. Until I see somebody who sees through different eyes. Mm. And that for me was a profound experience. Yeah. So as I think about, you know, the war and everything else, and, and we're tempted to think of Russians as, well, in, I suppose the enemy and, and stuff, mm. I, I can't help remembering that occasion. Yeah. I can't help remembering about the ways in which over the years. Uh, on a number of occasions, Russians have taught me the values of the kingdom in the way that living in a Western society that I was brought up in, yeah. I needed that window into it. So I just kind of wanted to tell that story. Again, it's a kingdom values yeah. thing. It's a, no, how absolutely. Shaped, how shaped am I by kingdom values? Yeah. Because I don't think I am. <laughs> um, I am within a certain context, but yeah. um, 
and 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 I think again, being a follower of Christ is someone who's willing to see things differently. Yeah. Who's, who's actually opening ourselves up and wanting to be changed, wanting to see different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and so that all of that is behind the reading of that Jeremiah text and the and 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 you know and the, yeah. Uh, all that I'm seeing in the news and everything else. And uh, I found myself, oh, my heart kind of breaks. Yeah. Because I know things aren't as simple as the us and them narrative that we so often fall into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Craig, honestly, I could listen to you all day. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom and such rich real life reflections with us today. Um, thanks to the rest of you for joining us to ask whether or how we should preach politics in our pulpit this week. If you enjoyed this episode of Politics in the Pulpit, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. We love to have an ongoing conversation with our listeners about faith and politics. So do join in. We are on Twitter with the handle politic, sorry, pulpit underscore politics, or use hashtag politics in the pulpit, or on our Facebook community, which you can access through the JPIT website, sorry, through the JPIT Facebook page, and on their website, jointpublicissues.org.uk. And so this week, as we head into a lot of other change, I guess the question for me is, what, where and how do we implement our kingdom values? Do let us know your thoughts on Twitter or on Facebook. And so as we finish, um, may we finish with a blessing. May you be anointed with God's spirit as you bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, Help people to see the world truthfully and let the oppressed go free. Amen. Amen.